What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Omega Metroid Podcast. I am Dak alongside Doom as we bring you our 154th episode here of the show. And today, we are doing something that we've kind of done in the past, but not called it this. We're doing a Metroid mailbag. We just did two episodes diving deep into Metroid Prime Remastered. Definitely check those out, our previous two episodes, if you are uh, playing Metroid Prime Remastered or interested in hearing what we have to say about it, go check it out. But today, we asked you all to send us not just your questions, usually we ask only for your questions. We asked for your questions, your comments, and your hot takes on Metroid Prime Remastered and Metroid in general. So here we are to jump into that Metroid mailbag. I'm Dak. Doom, how you doing on this uh, beautiful, kind of chilly near me Sunday afternoon? Yeah, it's actually somewhat chilly where I am in California too. I am on Mo I'm at okay. Monterey, which is near the beach, so you know we have a lot of those winds coming in right now. But yeah, we have a little bit of overcast outside, but personally, I am an overcast guy. I really do enjoy I'm that. With you. So I love. The yeah, overcast. yeah, yeah. I think the overcast <laughs> is underrated. You know, don't get me wrong. I like my sunny weather too, but you know, overcast. You know, you know, maybe it's just the moody Metroid Metroid fan of me, but you know, I'm I'm a big fan of the clouds. No, actually, um, that that's uh, especially playing Metroid Prime Remastered lately in Talon Overworld. That's you know that's mm -hmm. cloudy all day, man. Absolutely, cloudy. Uh, no chance of meatballs though, unfortunately. But yeah, you know, um, uh, you know, work's been interesting. I've uh, been putting my uh, degree that I'm about to get in a few months to use. We did a bunch of uh, on-the-spot technical audio problems for our live PA announcers, and we got all that sorted out over the weekend. So. Okay. Uh, that was all good stuff. Uh, we got Creed 3 coming out soon, and I'm a yes. big, big Rocky series fan, so I'm uh, very excited to see that in theaters, uh, especially with Jonathan Majors now basically being the uh, the new villain in this one. He's been in so many projects recently, and I've been loving just pretty much most of them. You know, you got Lovecraft Country he's been in. Um, my God, he was in uh, the Ant-Man movie, which I thought was okay, but I thought he was definitely the highlight of it. Um, and then you got, well, what was that aviation movie he was uh, just in recently? It, it takes place during, like, the Korean War. I can't remember the name of it, but, like, um, that, I thought that was a pretty decent film as well. But uh, Not Top Gun, yeah. obviously. No, not, not, <laughs> not definitely Top not Top Gun. Gun. <laughs> okay. Um, although, I, although I did really enjoy the uh, the new Top Gun as well. but <laughs> I like the new Top Gun. That was a while back, though. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't seen the new Ant-Man. I am looking forward to the new Creed. That's really the only movie that I'm kind of looking forward to except um what's the uh the the one about the nuclear bomb um oh yeah oppenheimer, oppenheimer. i'm really excited yes, for that yes i was thinking eisenhower oppenheimer uh, <laughs> wrong historical I feel like there's figure. a yeah yeah there's a roughly similar Run, time period related yeah yeah adjacent. eisenhower was a general during uh, world war ii yes yes but um, uh uh, but yeah, there's actually a lot of upcoming movies. Like there's a uh, Pixar's Elemental, which I think looks okay. really interesting. You know, I, it looks like a return to form for Pixar, which I'm very excited about. Obviously, you got um, Across the Spider Verse coming out. That might oh, be my right. most anticipated okay. film this Forgot year. About that, yeah. Super excited for that because yeah, it was it was supposed to come out last year, and then the sequel was supposed to come out this year, but they delayed each by a year. So mm -hmm. we're finally getting that over the summer. Um. There's probably oh yeah Barbie movie obviously Super Mario Brothers like oh there's yeah a Super lot Mario of... Brothers movie Barbie movie I'm not I'm I mean I'll probably end up seeing it but I don't know if I'm like oh gotta see that but Super Mario Brothers movie I'm definitely oh no that Barbie Barbie my friends and I are day one in the tuxedos for that we're not missing out <laughs> <laughs> well you're gonna have to let me know how it is and then I'll check it out um, for sure yeah and there are definitely some other things I'm probably looking forward to as well. 
Obviously, um, the new, I think by the time this episode drops, this might have actually be live already, but the new Destiny 2 expansion is dropping in 48 hours, about two uh, two days from now, so I'm very excited about that, and very much looking forward to no-lifing that expansion when that drops, because um, I already beat Metroid Prime Remastered three times already. Um, I'm trying to think, last time we, we were on the show, you had beaten hard mode 100% already, I think. Correct, yeah. Yes, and me and, and, and Andy and I were on our hard mode runs. Since then, I have beaten hard mode on 100%, and that was very satisfying, because now I have three files completed, normal, normal 100%, normal hard. I wish there was another difficulty level, because I would jump right back in. I'm going to take a little break, though, but um, I, had, I, I had a blast playing hard mode 100%. Felt really good. Felt very satisfying. Yeah, we never really talked about this on the um, on the Q and A podcast, but like one of the or not the Q and A podcast, the um, when we were on the breakdown. But we're one of the things down, yeah. that I uh, one of the things that I had on my notes that we didn't really talk about was you know the possibility of like quality of life improvements, like maybe checkpoints for beginners or whatnot. And one thing that I actually thought would be really cool for the hard mode is if like they implemented the checkpoint system for the casual normal difficulty modes, but then for the hard mode they took it out you know, for like the veteran players and maybe like, maybe like reduce the save rooms as well. Hmm. See, at least I, I'm kind of, I've kind of been a purist when it comes to like the remaster. I've wanted to stay as like close to the original as possible in terms of game experience. So like the controls change, I think that was a good change. Like, okay, fine. Um, but like, do I want checkpoints at it? I feel like part of the game is like, you gotta have, you gotta hit your save stations. Like it might, I feel like it kind of changes the flow of the game. If you don't have to worry about like, oh, well, I don't have to get back to the safe station. I have a checkpoint here. Um, and I think it kind of adds to the experience. So like th there are some runs in the game where like you don't get a safe station for a while. I think if you lose that, you kind of lose some of the pressure and some of the, the gameplay feel in the original vision of the game. So I don't know if I would like necessarily want that something that I would well, be down. Well, that, for, okay, well that's what ahead. I would say is why you would do that on like the easier or like the, in, the beginner friendly difficulties, but then for like that hardcore purist experience, you know, you, you keep it, you keep it OG, maybe even tweak the settings to make it even a bit tougher. Even I would, I think it would be something that I think would be a good option as not default, but maybe toggleable or something you unlock after you beat it the first time. I still think if you're going to play the game, like play it, like, I don't know, even if it's on an easier mode, I don't think you need the checkpoints. If anything, I think you would need the checkpoints for the hard mode because it's going to be harder content. I think on the easier modes, you don't really need a checkpoint. It really comes down to, like, patience and how much time you have and not, like, a difficulty curve, I think. I mean, that's true to an extent, but, like, we, you know, we're also incredibly experienced, not just with these games, but FPS. I know we're pro general, gamers. So. I know we're pro gamers. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, yeah, maybe you're right. I would still like people to, to experience it originally how it was. That said... What I would love for the game to have is a tracker of what you've, what items you've picked up, like a list of what expansions you got, what scan, the scans you already have, your logbook. Okay, fine. But for your expansions, I wish you had like an expansions logbook because I ended up creating my own in Google Sheets and created my own list of expansions and whatnot that I was checking off what I have and where it is and how do you get to it in the room or blah, blah. Like, I wish this was just in the game because I would, if I wasn't keeping track of what I had and what I had it while doing a hundred percent run, it would be the, the first run I did. I got lucky because I, I actually, I missed one that I marked by accident and I just so happened to be near it and like ran by it and got, I was like, thank God. Like I didn't want to run around the game for another three hours looking for one expansion. I didn't get that would suck. 
<laughs> yeah, so so my second playthrough, I managed to find all the items, like, with, you know, mm-hmm. totally, totally scot-free. But, like, my first playthrough, you know, I was just doing everything blind, just trying to see how much I remember. And I only missed one item. Only missed one item. So I was like, oh, oh, God. Okay, let's, let's mm-hmm. look up the list of items here. And I was looking through all of them, and I'm like... I remember collecting all of these. This this isn't helping me at all whatsoever. So it took so much work of just blind checking every area. And finally, and it's the one in, uh, it's the one in not research lab ether. I think it's research lab Hydra and in in Fendrana drifts. And there's a Cordite stasis tank that you have to super missile your Mm. soul, your way through and get the missile. And the reason, and the reason you miss it is because you actually, you, you go through the room before you get the super missile Two rooms later, you get the super missile, but then on the way back, the lights are dark, and so you can't see yeah. anything. And for me, you know, you know, I'm a music guy, so I actually have my uh, music turned up to 100, and then my sound effects turned down to 80. And so oh. while the space pirate music is playing, it overpowered the hum of the of the item jingle, so I totally missed it when I passed it by it again. So interesting. I've never, I don't think yeah. I've ever played a game where I've had the. Actually, no, I take that back. I usually put the music over the sound effects. But in a game like this, when you need to hear that, like, the little whirring, yeah, no. Um, well, usually I can hear it, but just in this specific context, right, yeah, yeah, it was just. Yeah, I think I, I, I want to say the one I had. I think we talked about when I had mentioned it last time. It was also in it was in the Phase and Minds. Um, well, not not also, but it was in Phase and Minds. It was in that one where it's like, I think, one of the access hallways, and it's like up on the the ceiling and there's a little explosive like box next to it it's like a missile expansion i just i think i think what happened is that i got it and then i died started again and then didn't get it again as i went by it the second Mm. time is what happened um anyway fantastic game let's jump into what we have for for today's episode which is some more metroid prime remaster and metroid discussion so if you are Looking for more of that? That's what we got. We got our Metroid mailbag. We went on Twitter. We went on Discord. We asked everybody for their questions, their comments, and their hot takes for Metroid Prime Remastered and Metroid Dread, Metroid in general. So that's what we're doing today. Metroid mailbag. Not just question and answer, but we're also giving our takes on people's takes. How you feeling about that, Doom? You ready to jump into this? Oh, it sounds spicy. And you know me, Dak. I like the spice. I, I'm I'm glad you put it that way because we we got some spicy spicy things to jump into. So we have broken this down into both Metroid Prime Remastered specific questions, comments, and hot takes, and then Metroid in general. Anything related to Metroid Prime Remastered, we're gonna jump into first, and then anything for Metroid in general or not pertaining to Metroid Prime Remastered, we're gonna jump into later. So that's how the show is gonna go. And let's jump into our first one from our guy, Big Griff, who has a couple from, you know, off the top. I'm actually going to uh, save one of his for later because I'm not going to use both his at the the beginning. But Big Griff asking us, he has a question. uh, What are some things from Metroid Prime Remastered that you aren't a fan of? So he gives two examples. First is that uh, in the GameCube version, flying pirates cause a massive explosion when they died. Uh, like with a meaty sound effect to match, and that's you know it feels kind of puny in the in the remastered version. And second, the thermal visor, I do not like it at all. He says the blurriness and massive motion blur puts strain on my eyes at times, and is unpleasant to look through when compared to the original. So, Doom, what do you have? Anything that maybe was better in the original, or something that's new and remastered that you're not a fan of? What do you think? 
Yeah, yeah. So I've actually heard a lot of people talk about um, the thermal visor and give similar complaints that it gives them eye strain. That personally hasn't really happened to me, but I mean, like, mm. I definitely think that's totally valid if you think that gives you eye strain. Obviously, like, if it's causing you, you know, physical yeah. pain to play, like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I personally, I personally think it's a really cool effect just because it looks closer to what like actual thermal vision looks like. You know, it's not like this pristine HD picture, like it's a yeah. bit fuzzy, fuzzy, you know, the colors, they, um, you know, they pop out, they pop out a little bit more. And so I kind of, I, I like the effect, but I also totally understand like why some people don't. Mm -hmm. So I think that's totally valid in terms of stuff that we don't like. Um, we covered the two. Uh, the two big ones for me on the last podcast being the uh, the credits yeah. and um, and that audio bug that I encountered. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, all of the other all of the other quote unquote complaints. Sorry, <laughs> I bumped my mic there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, all of the other quote unquote complaints are like so beyond minor for me that like they don't even affect like a fraction of a percent of like my of what I would grade the game. That being said, one thing I actually didn't put in any of my notes that I want to talk about is Samus's model, which is weird because I think 99.9% .9 of the time it it's the best looking Samus in the game. But there's certain shots where like the lighting shines on her and I couldn't and it just looks off. And for the longest time, I couldn't put my finger on why that was. And I think I've I think I've figured it out now. And Samus's model in this game is too clean. It looks too good. It looks too perfect. It looks more like a first four figure statue at time and not like a worn in piece of battle armor. It's missing these very subtle imperfections that makes it look lived in, that makes it look fought in. And I don't necessarily mean that it needs to be, you know, it doesn't need to have battle damage. It doesn't need to have like major scarring or dust or dirt and grime or anything like that. But like, you know, it's it's again, it's missing those very subtle imperfections for me. I don't I don't know. What do you think about that, Dak? That's a that's an interesting kind of way of looking at it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if we need battle damage. Pers I mean, I know like looking at the remaster to the original model, I know some people have been like, oh, it's not as like shiny. Like it feels a bit more matte, maybe. Um, the Metroid Prime suit, like the original, uh, was very glossy. I think almost too glossy in comparison. Though I really like the original model too. Um, I think looking at the the covers, I almost feel like the top of her model like is a bit squished. She's like almost like a bit like squished on her, on her torso, not as tall. Um, but it, maybe my eyes are just off. But in terms of imperfections, I've always liked that Samus doesn't have like it doesn't look lived in because it's so alien what she's wearing. You know, if that kind of makes sense. Like I've never really got the feeling that like I needed that like oh there has to be a little bit of imperfection like. Maybe not battle damage, but showing that it's been worn before. Mm, I can kind of give or take that. I've always liked how Samus's suit looks like so pristine. Like it's she's there's such a contrast to her environment to like how she looks. Um, and I've and not that I, I think I necessarily tie that to the character or that's like a necessity. I think if they showed some maybe some more wear and tear or just a little bit more in, imperfection, it I would be fine with that too. But I like how it looks. I think the suit looks great, actually. And I like how it looks in the lighting. And um, does it look like a figure at times? Mm, I don't know if I would say that either. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that. But um, so when I, I when I say lived in, I think more like when you, you know, when you take a used car off the lot, like it still looks pristine. It still looks really clean. But obviously, it's not a brand new car. You know, there's very, 
very subtle imperfect like that's what i mean when i say that I like guess. but how would that really look like, like what would like what would that look like though i i think it's more up to my personal interpretation from the first prime but i feel like some of those blurry textures might have to my eyes given like the sense of like those imperfections you know on some of the lines and stuff like that on the suit but obviously you know now that these are rebuilt you know we're playing on an hd console like that just simply doesn't exist anymore so i like to think that like Samus is so good at her job that like it doesn't even look like she puts any hours into the suit you know like she makes it look like she just drove that suit right off the lot every day that's how that's how good she is she doesn't like she barely tries she barely takes damage I don't know I mean she loses her items almost every game so I don't know about that I, I know <laughs> I don't know I mean I <laughs> I I, I, th- I see what you're saying I don't necessarily agree but it's not something that I would like and, and again I have that. to stress there's this the times where the suit does look too perfect for me again this is like 0.1% of the time when the light is shining on the suit just right 99% of the time I think this is by far the coolest Samus and the best she's ever looked yeah and I I, I mean I would be I would love to see maybe what that would look like and see it have a little bit more of a used the new kind of look to it for sure so yeah I mean That'd be cool. Um, I think the only thing for me, um, the two things that for me first, the sensitivity, and I mentioned this on the, sh- I think I mentioned these on the show already too. But the sensitivity sliders not being like exact, I can't like exactly put them on a a digital scale and like move one to ten, move one to ten, move it to fit. You know, I, it like it's a, a literal analog slider essentially in game, and I want to be able to match up the sensitivities and the X A Y axis for both sticks perfectly. So I don't, I don't know why it's set up the way it is. And then I just feel like power bombs could use some more oomph. They're power bombs. And I feel like when you set one of those off, it should be like, a, like an earthquake. Like it should be like some crazy explosion. I've always felt, even in the original, but I wish the remaster took the opportunity to like have this awesome effect and like this boom and some impact. And I feel like the power bomb is like no impact in this game. And I've kind of felt that about the original as obviously a huge nitpick that like doesn't matter. Um... I wish the remaster took the opportunity to, boom, give it some, some oomph. I love the sound design of the power bomb, but in terms of it like the graphical cool. effects, yes. But in terms of the graphical effects, well, yeah, I, I would agree with that. It sounds cool, but I still don't think it has enough impact in the sound. I think it sounds awesome, but if it had a little more behind it, personally, it needs a bass drop. There you go. It needs it needs some bass to it. It does. It needs some. It needs some shake. Like it should be like a shaking effect. I don't know. Anyway, but that's all I could think of. Um, Give it the distorted uh, vine bass drop. There you go. Yeah. Um, okay. Game Worm has a good one, but I'm actually gonna save that for later because that's a that's a that's a big big take there. Um, oh yeah, I definitely I definitely uh, have some thoughts on that for sure. <laughs> yeah. So we got uh, Alias X. Um, if Retro called you right now and said you were to create the music for Metroid Prime Four, what would you do? Would it be more metal, atmospheric, a mix of both? And I'm gonna throw in neither. Um, Doom, you're the you're the resident uh, music guy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually let you go uh, second here because I'm not gonna go too crazy in depth on mine or anything like that. Personally, I feel like striking the the balance of the ambient moody kind of metroid prime and then like the deeper like depths kind of tracks that are a bit more bumpy and dancey and like kind of get you going that mix that metroid prime has and the other games too but especially metroid prime i that i want that and 
I would also not mind throwing something that feels a bit more real instrumental or orchestral or something. Maybe even a metal track. I'm, I'm down for a mixture as long as tonally it all makes sense together. But I would hate for Metrotron to feel locked in to one or the other. Would I love a real, like, a full instrumental uh, Metroid Prime soundtrack? Hell yeah. Absolutely. A full metal one? Absolutely. I'd also be down for that. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be. I'd, I'd have a hard time choosing. I feel like boss themes give me, like, crazy orchestral, like, awesome themes there. But also give me the cool Metroid Prime bops and atmospheric stuff, too. Um, Doom, what would you think? Retro calls you right now. What would you do? What's your call? Music director. What is your call? Well... After after I finish the previous ten minutes hyperventilating, I would respond yeah. with, uh, "Why are you hiring me and not Kenji Yamamoto?" First off, okay, Kenji's um, not available. <laughs> not, Mr. Yamamoto's not available. It's not available. He's he's on vacation. He's on sabbatical. Um, no, what I would do, honestly, like you know, obviously, you know, Yamamoto-san is a huge you know inspiration of why I decided to pursue you know a music engineering degree in the first place. And, you know, that Metroid Prime soundtrack, like, obviously I would want to take it in my own direction, but, like, I would very much be drawing from that inspiration. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, uh, I'm going to be plugging my uh, my Metroid Prime soundtrack analysis video that I released during the anniversary. So you can check that out if you want a more in-depth analysis. But basically, the, um, the core fundamental that makes um, Metroid music, but especially uh, the Metroid Prime soundtrack, like, so ahead of its time um is you know it you know it carves this fine line between the uh diegetic and non-diegetic realms of interpretation by the player and um basically the concept of diegesis for those who don't know is basically is non-diegetic sounds are sounds that only the audience can hear that a character in the movie cannot hear so like for example you know, you're watching Star Wars and you hear the title crawl. You know, that's non-diegetic. You know, Luke doesn't hear that. Vader, Leia, they don't They don't hear the title crawl. That's just for us, the audience. But meanwhile, uh, the cantina scene, uh, the music that plays there, that is diegetic because not only does the audience hear that, but that's something that's happening in the universe. That's something, you know, Luke, Ben, Han, all the characters in there, they can all hear that. That's live music happening in universe. And obviously, the music of Metroid Prime is technically non-diegetic, but it incorporates so many synth patches and sample libraries that almost sound like they're interpreting the world around it. And it's what makes the character feel like a narrative device. It what it what melds the two together. And it's why, you know, there's so you know nothing. No other game was doing anything like that at the time. And even today, like so few games do it the way Metroid Prime does. It. And to me, like that's. Like, that's what makes Metroid music in general so unique. That's a huge reason why I was largely disappointed in Dread's soundtrack, because it pretty much abandoned that with a couple of exceptions here and there. And um, I definitely would be incorporating that philosophy. Um, You know, that would be my highest priority when doing the soundtrack for Prime 4, personally. Okay, so you do a Metroid Prime soundtrack. (laughs) That's what your answer is. Um, I definitely would be, I have a lot of inspiration, but again, like it would be, I would be looking at the music and I would be trying to ride that fine line between diegetic and non-diegetic. That would be, that would be my biggest goal, uh, for the music. Got it. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely agree. I would love to keep that same style that Metro Prime's already got, but Hey, throw in like, I'm down for a guitar solo or a sick, I mean, Echoes is my favorite soundtrack, and you know there, there, you know there's a little bit of guitar thrown in that soundtrack. Prime Mm. Three has some guitar as well. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think of like the Prime Three, like 
opening like menu like main theme too which has that like grand grandiose mm-hmm. feel to it i love that kind of stuff too um good question good question um our guy minneapolis king 25 coming in with a hot one um this is actually the oh this is the question i don't know if i'm ready for this question yet i'm gonna save it i'm gonna say i'm gonna throw i'm gonna save that one because that's the one that we were talking about before the show that we want to think Man, we're, a bit. we're such a tease like doing all these questions like ha, psych we're doing <laughs> psych, that later you're not going to hear that now <laughs> um okay uh harky man one now that we've seen gorgeous how gorgeous prime remastered looks do you think it would be foolish for nintendo to just port echoes and corruption as is graphically i think yes i think the only way they'd be able to get away with that is if they released like if they did a you know how like tony hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, like, remastered came out at the same time, and they, like, they packaged it together, you know, as, like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Well, to be um, fair, that actually was, like, a similar remaster, like, Metroid Prime remaster, where, like, everything was remodeled. It wasn't just, like, an HD port. No, 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 but I'm saying how they, yes, but, like, they, they put two games to, I, what I'm saying is that, yeah. like, I think the only way they would release them without doing the Metroid Prime remastered route and just maybe, like, a slight touch-up or just a straight-up port is if they released them together, as I agree Metroid with that, Prime, yeah. Metroid Prime 2 and 3, 20 bucks or 40 bucks, whatever it is, and they release it as that. I don't think that they would release them separately without doing the Metroid Prime remastered route. So I think it would be foolish if they did do that. I think it would be foolish if they didn't remaster them at all because I think if people get Prime and 2 or Prime 2 and Prime 3 and they're not like Prime 1 remastered, they're going to be like, what the hell? And I don't think people will be as interested. I don't think it'll sell as well. And I think Nintendo would know that. I would hope they would know that. I feel like I feel like they wouldn't sell as well regardless, just because of, you know, how iconic that first Prime game is in just the overall gaming community. Obviously, here in the Metroid Maybe. community, you know, you have a... Obviously, in our small Metroid community, you know, we have a lot of Echoes fans rising up recently, which um, I'm certainly starting to board that train. Definitely not going to top Prime for me, but, like, I'm definitely... You know, I definitely see um, a lot of the Echoes appeal for sure. I, I mean, but... who knows? The, the, a 2 and 3 remastered could theoretically outsell a Prime 1 remastered, but I think we can agree that a 2 and 3 remastered would outsell 2 and 3 just port or HD. Or oh, whatever. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think it would be foolish not to do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it would be foolish, but I mean, I want to. I mean, are you kidding? Sanctuary Fortress, like, rebuilt from the ground up, like... Uh, give me all of that. Well, I, I mean, I th- I agree that, yes, we want that, but I think it would be foolish to release 2 and 3 not doing it the remastered way they did with the first one and then having them side to side. Personally, I think it would be like Nintendo kind of releasing a downgrade game that's also sequels, you know? Like, I just, I don't, I, I feel like now but with how well Primary Master has been received and how well it's selling, I would be very surprised if they released 2 and 3 without going the same route and trying to sell them together on the same system. I would be really surprised. Well, I guess the thing with me, and I mean, if theoretically it's possible, you know, if different studios are working on it, but like for me, it's like that development time. You know, Prime 4, I, I think we both agree. Well, not I think. We both agree that Prime 4 is right around the corner. Uh, we, you know, we'll talk more about that when um, our E3 prediction, or, <laughs> I guess not E3 predictions, but when our June Direct predictions come up near the end of the year. But like... Uh, we both think that Prime 3 is coming out relatively relatively soon for the most part. And, you know, I, um, you know, with this development cycle, this was a game that was been in development for like four years. 
And I would imagine two and three would have similar development times if it got that same well, remaster treatment. We don't treatment. know if Metro Prime remaster is in development for four years. It it, it seems like my my point is my my point is unless even if it wasn't four years exactly, like I mean, it would be a lot. Metroid Prime Four, assuming that these games that two and three have not already been worked on, is would probably come out before those two and three remasters would be ready, unless they were being developed by different studios with maybe retro like overseeing the process. And I'm not sure how feasible that would be considering just how much of a collaborative effort just this one remaster was. Well, that's why, that's why I mean, I think prime four is coming out before two and three remastered. I think it's pretty like, okay. I think prime one, eight remastered was probably only in development for like two years, probably from 20, probably from, two years just from before they started Metro Prime 4. And I remember there was that one, like, reset era thread or, like, leak or whatever saying how Metro Retro was working on a Metro Prime Remastered, the Namco, Bam, Bam, Namco Bandai stuff wasn't going well, and then Nintendo threw it over to Retro, like, hey, you're already doing this Metro Prime Remastered, it looks great, do Metro Prime 4. Um, but whether or not that's true, who knows? But that, yeah. that sounds like that. I mean, I do not think this game was in development for four years. I don't think so. I mean, they weren't making a new game. Um, I don't think remastering it would take four years. I don't know anything about game development, but I personally don't think it would be four years. I think two, two to three years max. Really, two years is probably how long it took. That, and I also think now that they've done a remaster, they can kind of push off the, the uh, two and three remasters to all the other studios they worked with. Because they already have a framework and like a process of how to do the remaster from the first one. I don't think it would take as much development time because they've already went through it the process once, even if it's for a different game. So I, I, I think development time, I mean, obviously it's always an issue, but I think it would be manageable for them to pull it off and still have them come out relatively soon. Who knows? I think another th- another thing to consider as well is the pandemic as well. I mean, obviously we're oh, still yeah. in the pandemic right now. But, you know, obviously, like when this game was in development, like, you know, the pandemic was like at its peak and, you know, people were still readjusting to it. And it especially well, we impacted don't know that game either. development. We don't know that either, actually, because this game, some people think this game's been Nintendo's been sitting on it for a few years. Well, even so, even if they've been sitting sitting on it, like, I mean, 2020, like that would fall right in line to where they were developing it, even if they were sitting on well, it. Because if they're working on Prime 2 or Prime 3 remaster, then they would be working on it during... Well, 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 that's what, well, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah, you know, okay, that's yeah, something yeah. I was actually putting in your favor because Prime yeah, yeah. Two and Three. Now that we're, even though we're again we're still in the pandemic, it's obviously you know we've since adjusted to it, and you know workspaces are now you know how to accommodate it. You know we have more work at home functionality, and we've integrated that more into um, game development. And so you know obviously that wouldn't be as big of a hurdle in mm-hmm. um, in a Two and Three remaster. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. That makes so, sense. Yeah. I hope I hope you're right, because I really want it, and that would be super awesome. I, I agree. I think it would be great. If we end up getting Prime 4 this year, next year, and then 2 and 3 right after that or something like that, and then Prime 5 after those, I awesome. Keep it coming. Um, <clears throat> Just feed me. <laughs> yeah. Feed me more Metroid Prime. Feed me more Metroid. Absolutely. Uh, Big Griff back again. Uh, what... What enemy in Metroid Prime Remastered do you think looks the best or had the best glow-up? Um, I love how the Phase and Elite looks when compared to the original, and the adult Shigoth looks great. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit, and I think he had just mentioned two of our picks for sure. Um, I know specifically we mentioned the adult Shigoth, and I'm, 
I saw side by side a day or so ago, like, and really looked at them. And I'm like, wow, there's, they got eyebrows now. They got a whole, they got a whole eye cavity and whatnot. It's not just like a dot, like half a half circle, like of a glowing flat <laughs> color. You know, it actually looks, it looks great. Um, all right. Do you think of anything? Can you think of anything else that like looks particular? I, I think Flagra looks awesome compared to the original. He looked great. Oh yeah. It looked great in the that original, was, but the detail now on Flogger is incredible. Yeah. That was actually something I mentioned when I was uh, doing my live reaction to the trailer. Like I actually popped off when I saw Flogger. I was like, awesome. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> that looked, that looked insane. Um, uh, yeah. On the last episode, I talked about the injured pirates and all the new yes. gory details that are in them. And that like, I think is so awesome. Uh, the elite pirates as well. They look super cool. Um, I, I think Andy specifically mentioned the phase on elites, which which also look really cool. They have they like do. these phase. They, they have like these phase on tumors like all yeah, over their yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. It's just it looks gnarly as hell. Yeah, absolutely love that stuff. Absolutely love how they just how retro just really dove even deeper into that kind of mechanical body horror of the space pirates in this game. Um, also, Metroid Prime itself looks so yes. awesome. Like yeah. the carapace is so much more detailed. It looks. I love the texturing on it. Um, uh, the face underneath it looks even creepier now. Like it looks so good. The Parasite Queen, awesome. Yeah, I the mean, Parasite you can Queen. See, like all the the ex, like the the folds and like breaks in the exoskeleton and yeah, looks looks incredible. Um, even like the smaller like parasites and ice parasites. The the Lumagecko, Lumagex or whatever, um, <laughs> like they look, they look awesome, and they look even those little, like now they don't just look like kind of like have one texture across them. That's it. Like they have this nice fine detail to them. They stand out so distinctively. It looks awesome. Um. So yeah, I think I, those are probably all of our picks kind of rolled up into a into a bundle right there. Um. <clears throat> what do we got next? Um. The low at Logan Kroll at Logan underscore Kroll ask asks us, do you think re-releasing prime two and three before four is a smart move or would you risk or would Nintendo risk burning people out on the series? I don't, I'm not worried so much about burn. I think we just talked about this. Like I want two and three remastered and if they're remastered, there's no way that's coming out before four. So yeah, well, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> so yeah, we don't, I, I agree. I think now the next game is Metroid prime four. I think two, I, cause honestly, personally, I think Metroid prime four is going to be kind of like a, not a soft reboot, but I don't think it's going to be a game that you necessarily need to know what happened in the first three prime games. To know what it, like, I think it's going to be a fresh kind of slate, um, even more so than Metroid Dread was. Because even though Dread was very much like a new Metroid fans kind of game, story wise, it it really wasn't. Like it does kind of it tells you what's going on, but it's built on a lot of it, on fusion and the memories from Samus Returns. Um, I think for Metroid Prime Four, they're not going to be like, well, this is. I think they're going to be elements of it, but I don't think there's going to be like, you need to know you had to have played the first three to understand what's going on. Um, yep. I agree. So I don't think that they're going to be like, well, we need to get two and three out. You know, I think it's just going to be Metro prime four drops and then two and three will come out. Um, that said, do I think if they did bring two and three out before prime four, would it risk burning people out? Hmm. Maybe potentially it could oversaturate people on Metroid prime. It could also, I think mostly it might dilute Metroid prime four sales. Truthfully, 
Um, mm-hmm. I think because people can only buy so many games. You know, like I think if they end up getting Metro Prime and then they're like, oh, Metro Prime 2 and 3 come out, and then they do a before one, even if it's a completely new game. To a lot of people, all three of these games are new games. So it's not like Metro Prime 4 would be alone in that. A lot of people are playing Metro Prime Remastered for the first time. Or Metro Prime for the first time through Remastered. I'm sure a lot of people play 2 and 3 for the first time through Remastered as well. So if they come out with a 4, they're like, well, I just played three Metro Prime games. I'm not in a rush to get a fourth one. Um, maybe. I think that that something... I feel I feel like it would impact happen. 2 and 3 more than 4. But like, yeah, I get what you're saying for sure. And I two, agree. Yeah, 2 and 3 also could be similarly impacted. I just got Metro Prime Remastered. Why do I need 2 and 3? I just have this one. I have this one and Dread and... Fu- you know, like... So... Uh, yeah, potentially. But I think I think we both agree we're getting Prime 4 next. Um, at GenoFooter1, I saw this question and I, I'm interested because I think there are a couple ways to interpret what it means. Would you be okay with playing as Silex only in Prime 4? Now, I don't know if this means would you be okay with playing as only Silex, not as Samus, only as Silex in Metro Prime 4? Or is it asking... Would you be okay with playing as Silex only in Metroid Prime 4? Like, you had the opportunity to play as Silex in Prime 4 for whatever reason, and then never again. I think it's the first interpretation. I'm assuming it's the former. Would you be okay with Silex does being me- the only Does Metroid Prime 4 go the uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 route? <laughs> yeah. Personally, no, I do not want to play as uh, Silex only. Do I want to play... I, am, would it be okay if it was like a Halo 2 thing, where you play as... Samus and then Silex. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. Personally, I'm okay with just playing as Samus, though, to be real. Um, but I would be okay with playing as Silex, but only as Silex. No, don't want that. Yeah, I'm in the same camp. I don't know how if a Halo Two route would really work in the Metroidvania formula. At least yeah. not at least not in the way it's been interpreted so far in the Prime games. I could see like maybe a bonus DLC campaign that focuses on Psy, like a little mini, little mini story perhaps. And I, I could see that working out, but like in terms of the main game, if it's like constantly swapping out, like as much as it does in Halo 2, um, yeah, I don't really see how that could work, but you know, maybe there is a way and I just don't know. I could, I could see it working potentially though. I see as I'm formulating in my head, how it could be an issue, but like, having just most of the game from Samus and then every once in a while there's a cut to Silex that's like a linear mission or something and then you go back to the over, overall Metroidvania experience with Samus and then like let's say you you get an like there's a there's an established cutscene that's going to happen like you beat a boss and then it cuts to the Silex mission it's kind of like you play like we ever play like Paper Mario Thousand Year Door and like you complete a chapter and then uh, I haven't played that. You never played. Are you okay? Well, imagine, I'm Mario, not. I'm not the RPG guy. <laughs> the classic game, man. Like I'm not an RPG. I mean, uh, anyway, go go play that game. Oh my god. Well, anyway, those of you who don't know, including Doom and Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, after some of the chapters, maybe after all of them, but I know a lot of them, after you complete a chapter in the story as Mario, where you can like free roam. It's not like open world. But you can free roam around the world, whatever, and complete the chapters. One by one, after some of them or not all of them, you can you play as either Bowser or Peach in like a linear mission. Like for Bowser, it's like a 2D Super Mario Brothers style mission, and then you go back to Mario. Right? That's how I would that's how I would see it for Silex. The reason why I think that could be an issue is if there's sequence breaking, and then you end up getting to a Silex cutscene earlier than it should happen in the story because it's tied to a certain boss or item you would be getting. So I don't know how they would work that in, but I could I could see that happening. Though I 
obviously it would be weird to have like two competing following storylines in a Metroidvania thing. I don't know how they would do that to make it work, but I guess uh, it's uh, it's possible. Personally, I think it would be better if you just had it Samus. Um, <clears throat> okay. We got a hot take incoming. It was prefaced with hot take. This is from at George and Bunny. It's on Twitter. Hot take, period. The reason it's taking so long for Metroid Prime 4 to come out is because the game is going to be open world similar to Breath of the Wild. Do you agree? Absolutely not. I don't agree. You, do, you don't no, agree I, that that's happening? I do not agree. Uh, the reason Metroid Prime 4 is taking so long is because it was restarted from scratch in 2019. It has currently been four years since that restart, which is a perfectly normal development time in Plus the COVID. current... <laughs> exactly, yeah, in the like, current age of yeah. HD consoles. The only reason it seems like a long time is because we've known about this project for six years, but given the circumstances, you know... Taking those first two years out of context, if the game really did start in 2019, this is totally normal. This is totally fine. I don't think it's going to be open world. And for the people that think this game isn't going to come out and are freaking out, y'all need to chill out. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely coming <laughs> I know out. That, I know that's not a part of the question, but I've seen a lot of people online like freaking out. I've, I've even seen some people that like think that prime remastered is like oh my god this is proof that we're never seeing prime porn it's like yeah i saw people say that's that, the op- like, that's the opposite this is a great this is a fantastic yeah, I was like it's clearly happening <laughs> you think they just remastered metro prime for no reason like they didn't remaster it on the 10th anniversary or they you know obviously it's tied to metro prime 4 yeah um well i mean when i think of breath of the wild open world i think of like an empty like a big but kind of empty play like uh sandbox like that's a really cool sandbox to play in, but it's kind of empty. Halo Infinite did an open... Like, when I think of this, I think of Halo Infinite. For me, Halo is a a curated, focused campaign. It tell it, It's funneling me to hype moments so I can enjoy them and have fun and move forward. I think with a Metroid Prime campaign, it, are, it is already kind of open world, but it's curated in a way. You're not supposed to just be able to just go right to... Like, that's... that's and, it goes against what a Metroidvania is to be able to just start and go to anywhere you want. You are only able to go to certain places by earning that ability by getting the right items and whatnot. I would like that a Metroid prime campaign. I do not want open world. Metroid prime is already kind of open world in that way, but I don't want it to be a pure breath of breath of the wild kind of experience. I like breath of the wild. Don't get me wrong, but it feels empty in a lot of ways. And Metroid prime doesn't feel empty to me. It feels like anytime you step into a new room, you step into a new area, something's going on. Okay, there's a couple hallways. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. But hallways with nothing going on. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. But for the most part, I like my big map of interconnected rooms and hallways. I don't want... Do I, what am I? Am I down for bigger rooms? More open ones? Yeah, sure. Cool. Do I want a Metroid Prime like Breath of the Wild? Or something like a lot of open world games that we've gotten recently that I think just kind of do it just to do it. Not really. I think it was cool for Zelda. I think the thing is, is that Zelda also gets a lot of games all the time. So like Breath of the Wild gets to come out and like, I can still get a Zelda experience elsewhere too. Metroid Prime games don't come out very often. Give me the Metroid Prime formula that I've been waiting for. And then once we've got a few more Metroid Prime games, you want to do a Metroid Prime of the Wild. Then I'm totally down. But I want Metroid Prime 4 to be Metroid Prime 4, not Metroid of the Wind 4, 
or of the wild or whatever. That's how I feel about it. Um, <laughs> and no, I don't think that's why it's taking that long because as you said, game's been in development for four years plus pandemic working remote. That's why I expect it to be coming out in the next year or so. Cause I'm sure it's pretty much nearly ready. Yeah. I'm in a similar camp to you. Pretty much everything you said, I will say, I do think that there is a way that you could um, potentially do an open world Metroid game. I, not not oh, for the yeah, Switch. Sure there I don't, is a way. Yeah. I don't. I don't think the Switch itself is powerful to be able to get that vision. Um, I mean, just I mean, just for the frame rate alone. I mean, there's a you know there's a precedence of 60 FPS with you know the mainline console Metroid Prime titles. You know, not including the spinoffs. And I think you know, you know, to if it was open world, like there's even on even on a on a switch successor console i don't think it would be able to be able to live up to that and i don't think you'd i don't i don't think for a metroid prime title that would be appropriate personally but i agree but um but yeah i do theoretically and, and the reason i say this is because of the uh, the batman arkham series you know uh you actually covered with andy uh arkham yeah. asylum on the podcast and inspired by metroid which is a phenomenal game i love arkham asylum and that is very much a metroidvania um but the sequels go open world but it doesn't lose all those Metroidvania elements, even though it's very much an open world game. And, you know, mm -hmm. Arkham City is per is my personal favorite. Uh, I also think Arkham Origins is incredibly underrated. I think that's a phenomenal game as well. And so, I mean, I, we've seen examples of Metroidvania style games using the open world format. And so yeah. I do think theoretically, like there is a way to um, make it possible. And even Halo Infinite, which I think is a pretty disappointing campaign overall, there are some elements of that open world um that i did that i did enjoy and you know mo most of it not so much but it has brief moments where it's like you know what i i see what they were going for there and i think that specific element worked uh you know like the grappling hook for example i mean like phenomenal. you had a grappling hook and you know that's what i want from metro prime 4 like let me be able to use the grapple beam anywhere like i'm down i mean mm -hmm. destiny 2 is adding a grapple in two days like everyone you love a grapple when i played apex legends i played uh pathfinder i love grappling um, so yeah, I definitely think in the future, like there is theoretically a way that you can make uh, a yeah. Metroid Prime game open world. Uh, now is definitely not the time for it, though. Oh yeah, I'm definitely not arguing that it can't be done. It can definitely be done, and unfortunately, yeah, you would lose the fidelity and like the good looks that we have for Metroid Prime Remaster would not look that good or run as good. And I don't want to sacrifice that personally. Yeah, but, everyone, everyone is you know, you know, gushing about how Prime Remaster is so one good. of, if not the best looking games on the Switch. If Prime Four is open world, it gonna, is going to look, it's going to look worse than Prime Remastered, yeah. and that it's going to be a buzzkill for so many people. I agree. I want Prime Four to look better than Remastered. So exactly. I don't want that. That's what but people I, are expecting. I yeah, good as good, if not better. Yeah. So you can't. I don't think that's going to happen. Could it happen in the future? Absolutely. Would I be down? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even Halo Infinite's campaign, I think it's trash. I didn't finish it, but. Could it have been great? Yes. Like, why are there not scarabs walking around and like all, you know, I love the linear missions of Halo, but like if they had done the open world right, it would have been really good. Unfortunately, they don't know what they're doing. Um, I actually, I actually slightly off topic. I actually just finally uh, beat the Halo Infinite campaign last month after like sitting on the final boss for like, I can't, even I can't even, I lost, it, man. I lost count how many months it was, but I just finally just got around to doing it just to say that I finally did it. But yeah. It makes me Nothing sad. Much to say. It makes me sad that like there was a new Halo. I mean, I didn't even play the Halo Five campaign, but that was really locked on Xbox One, which I didn't have at the time. Now I have it, and I had never played it. But it makes me sad as a Halo fan that Infinite came out, and I couldn't even bring myself to finish it. Halo TV series came out, 
couldn't even bring myself to oh finish my it. Oh my god. I'm like, man, it makes me so sad, dude. It makes me so sad. I'm glad I'm glad that like Destiny's awesome right now and Metroid's doing great. Two out of my three favorite things are doing good. Halo is not doing good, man. I would love anyone else to be doing Halo stuff at the moment. But anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, we have a couple more Metroid Prime remastered specific or like related stuff, and then we'll jump into our, our last ones. Um Minneapolis King, the one I teased about for or second. We'll bring it in here first. Uh, did you learn anything new about Prime after playing the remaster? I've beaten Prime countless times, he says. It's my most played Metroid title and second only to Ocarina of Time overall, count-wise. And I just learned that you could freeze the flamethrowers with the ice beam in Magmore Caverns. He did not know that until he replayed until he played the remaster. Dude, was there anything that you didn't know about the original that you now know about playing in remastered, maybe something you never realized or something you just noticed now that was in the original and now is in the remaster, but you only re- noticed it in the remaster. Anything like that for you? Because I got to think about it a little more. <laughs> there, there's a, So there is one thing I want to talk about. But first of all, I, uh, I finally learned how to do fast missile swapping. So I've always, you know, seen YouTube gameplay of like, you know, the pros and, you know, speedrunners doing like these fast missiles. And, you know, I just, you know, was never good at it, even on the GameCube controller, but especially not the Wii remote. So it's mm-hmm. not really built for that. But um, yeah, with Metroid Prime Remastered, I like I finally taught myself how to do that. And like, it feels so good. Like once you get the rhythm of it and especially on a hard mode, like it is crucial to do fast missile swapping in hard mode. And so that was uh, that was really fun. But like in terms of like, but that, obviously that's not what uh, MK is talking about. Mm-hmm. They're talking about like, you know, stuff, you know, stuff that you could do in Prime that you didn't know you could do before that you realized that you could, um, yeah, that, that you, you discovered could have always, kind of. Yeah, that you could have always done or could have always noticed, but you didn't until yeah. just now. For yeah, exactly. Reason. Yeah, and I always knew about fast missile swapping. I just yeah. didn't know how to pull it off myself. But yeah. uh, the example I want to use is uh, something that I thought I discovered uh, for the first time in Prime Remastered, and that is a, a cool detail in the gravity chamber, uh, which is where you collect uh, the gravity suit in the game. Mm-hmm. So uh, you go underwater where like all the aqua we- reapers are like, you know, raving about and whatnot. And if you look closely at the ground, there's these cracks in the ground where like exposed lava is is like slowly rising up to the surface. Mm-hmm. And it kind of and, you know, it kind of is interpreted that like this takes place right above uh, one of the areas of Magmore, which I thought was a really cool detail. And I thought that was something new in the game. But um, uh, our our own uh, that Metroid guy actually commented and uh, with a photo to show that actually that's something that was in the original game this whole time, but it's just a lot more pronounced in the remastered. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool because I've never noticed that in the original game before. There's a lot of stuff that people um, kind of pointed to. I think because they're now looking around so much, like stopping to smell the flowers. I know that's that true. That, I know, yeah, I noticed a lot of people were like, "Oh, like, uh, like the uh, monitor station area in Magmore Caverns, or whatever it is, where like it's open and exposed, and you can see like out into like." There's multiple times like, in the games that people realize that the room is actually open. There's actually no ceiling, but they've never stopped to look up. And, and see what's going on there, um, <clears throat> which I always think is funny because, like, now you can actually walk and look up, you know, and, and do two things at once. So you'll notice those things um, a little bit more, which I think is funny. Yeah, I've some people um, I also saw a couple people on Twitter 
that just discovered that you could see the impact crater from Phazon Mines in that one room in Magmore as well. That's something I've always been aware of, but I thought it was really cool seeing people discover that for the first time. Well, like the elevator too that goes down. Yeah. That was what I was gonna say. I was one of those I was one of those people that I on that elevator just never looked around, I guess. If I if I noticed it, I couldn't remember. Um I turned around, I was like, oh hey, look, impact crater. I'm sure it's something that I had noticed before and then just forgot. One thing that I did not know, though, is the it's in Magmore Caverns. You know that room where it is you have, there's a bunch of triclops on the ground below like a grate and there's like a wall, like a grated wall between it. And you have to go. I think I know where this and is. You can jump over that wall. Yeah. Yeah. I've been going through the triclops every <laughs> time. Every time. And then I saw that and I was like, you got to be kidding me. I did not know I could jump over it's that, so, grate, that wall. So it's purposely built so that the first time you go through that room, you have to go underneath. But the second time you go through that room, you have space jump boots. So it's like a built-in shortcut yeah. right from the get-go. It just never occurs to me that I would have the space. And like the camera shift, I'm like, oh, that's how I got to do it. And I got to deal with these stupid triclops. That's one thing I, that's one thing I wish to change about this game. When the triclops grab you. And they take like 15 seconds to drag you over to where they want to. Like, I wish they would just move faster, man. I hate Triclops. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, good be, stuff. Good that'd stuff. Be my answer. That'd be my answer. Um, all right. We got two more on Metro Premier Master. Somewhat. Um, Game Worm's got a hot take here. Game I'm Worm. ready. I've been waiting for this one. Gameworm says Samus Returns and Dread are the only Metroid games with good combat. Metroid Prime games included, where combat isn't just something that can be enjoyable but and helps to break up the flow of gameplay, but it's something I actively look forward to when playing. I'm specifically talking about boss combat, by the way, is what is what Gameworm says. Now we can I think we can answer this both on the general level the boss fight level but also the general level um i mean personally i immediately disagree obvious i think that's kind of obvious i i love the combat in the metroid prime games even though it's a different kind of fps experience because you have like lock on and stuff like that it kind of reminds me almost of like armored core a little bit it's not as like it's not so much about your aim but it's about strafing and ammo management and taking cover and being, you know, it's le it's not as much about aiming and obvious, which is obvious. That's what I always liked about it. I still really like the combat and, and patterns and jumping and all of that. The platforming. I love going into a room and quickly sniping stuff. I love the combat in the prime games. Metro prime hunters. Obviously I think that's great combat. That is about aiming. And I even like, and I like the boss battles in the Metroid prime games, Metroid prime hunters, whatever. Fusion, I like the boss battles. I think I have great boss battles. I like the combat in Fusion as well. Even in Zero Mission. I think the great thing about Metroid is it has a good mix of exploration, story, combat, adventure. It's hitting on all cylinders. It's, it's not something I think falters in any particular one of those categories. I am going to disagree with that hot take. I do not agree that Samus Returns and Dread are the only Metroid games we could combat boss battles or otherwise. Doom. What do you think? Yeah, so obviously, like, I'm <laughs> with you there. Um, so so there's there's a couple of different angles I want to take, because um, Game War mentions both Samus Returns and Dread. And uh, and so I, 
I 50% agree with one of the statements and wholly disagree with the other. And uh, one of the, the one I disagree with is Samus Returns. Um, I've talked about this before on um, the definitive ranking episode. I actually, aside from the boss battles, which to be fair, that's specifically what he's referring to. But I really am not a fan of the way combat is handled outside of boss fights in Samus Returns in general. And that's actually a big reason why I grade it lower than I think most people would. Even though I still think it's a great game that everyone should play. I really enjoy it. But um, I really am not a fan of how the counter is utilized in that game and how the enemies interact with you on that. I think it takes away from a lot of the traversal and the exploration elements of that game Conversely, Metroid Dread, even though I disagree with Game Worm's overall opinion, I think is by far the best combat in the series as a whole. Dread's combat is absolutely incredible and immaculate, and I think it's integrated absolutely perfectly into the game world. I think it has um, the counter system has just enough re refinements. Um, the uh, the 360 aiming feels a lot better now that you're using analog sticks instead of the you know the 3DS circle pad. Um, you know, just the overall philosophy of the boss designs about, you know, pattern memorization. Um, you know, it really speaks to that old school kind of punch out like boss memorization that, you know, I personally really enjoy. So I definitely so I definitely agree that Dread is like peak Metroid combat. I completely disagree that the other games are like bad or not enjoyable, though, especially like especially when it comes to Echoes, like those boss fights are like some of my all time favorite. I mean, Quadroxus is like both a combat and a puzzle boss fight that, like, utilizes, like, every single ability um, that you have. Uh, Emperor Ing, it's like this multi-phase gauntlet where, you're, you know, you're blasting it with your arm cannon, you're going into Spider-Ball to take out its weak points, and then um, you have to escape, and then you have to face Dark Samus on a wall. Like, like, the boss fights are, like, some of the highlights for me in those Prime games. And you even mentioned the 2D games. Like, for me, um, you know, uh, my second favorite... Uh, I mean, Nightmare Ridley... from Fusion is great. You have the Ridley fights, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like obviously, you know, my favorite, my favorite Ridley fight is the Samus Returns Ridley fight. But like, the, my second favorite is the Super Metroid fight. Like, yeah. I love that fight so much. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we disagree with it in general, but I think we also disagree in terms of boss combat. I mean, just on Metroid Prime alone. Yeah, I mean, we were Thor just talking. We were just talking about Thordis earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Thordis. Like I always loved Thordis, but after playing the remastered, like. Wow, that boss was like way better than I remember it, especially on hard mode. Like, yeah, and so I and look I'm forward sure, like, to fighting the bosses. It's not just like, oh, I enjoy it. I look, f I love fighting the bosses in Metroid Prime. I love looking. F I love. I look forward to the boss fights. Meta Ridley aside for me, but you know, that's yeah. that's that's, that's my spicy take. <laughs> Fair, yeah, yeah. I like I said, I think Metroid hits on all cylinders when it's done right. It gives you good combat outside, inside, and outside of boss fights. Good exploration, good adventure. That's why we love Metroid. So I, I would disagree with that. Yeah, and I, and I think the reason it works so well is specifically the Prime games. It doesn't really apply in the 2D games, but it actually, if you really think about it, it's, you know, that old school Quake mentality of like strafing and dodging and weaving through enemies. Kind of like what you were talking earlier, um, kind of like what you were talking about earlier. Obviously, it's nowhere near as fast as like those Quake games no. were, but, you know, you're utilizing a lot of those same strategies. And I feel like that dash strafe also kind of incorporates... A little bit of that that lost speed as well in your default movement and yeah. so yeah no i that that's that's what makes the combat good and it's not just oh it's 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 different than like like other m where it's not just lock on it like aims for you entirely and it's like you're just mashing like metroid prime there's still some strategy behind it and there's still a little bit engage more engagement to it so um yeah well that's how we feel about it. one last one for metroid prime remastered 
a fallen apple. God damn. Uh, we're not, we're, we saved the best one for last year. If you're doing a streaming challenge, he asks us, if we're doing a streaming challenge, would you rather fight the incinerator drone blindfolded or the hive mecha with one hand? So incinerator drone, that's the Chozo boss, Chozo ruins boss, obviously, where it's, you have the, the flamethrower spinning around and then it shoots the fire into the, the wasps above. And then you have the hive mecha, obviously. Hive Mecha, Hive Totem with the uh, Ram War Wasps there. Or is it the other way around? We know these bosses. What would you rather have? You, you, you got it right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hive, Hive Mecha has the Rams. Barb War Wasps are on the Incinerator Drone. You got that yeah. right. Yeah. I know my War Wasps. Um, what would you rather have? Doom Incinerator Drone blindfolded or Hive Mecha one-handed? Um, for me, I would go with the Incinerator Drone blindfolded, I think. Personally, yeah, I, w- I want to try both of these challenges actually, we but should. I think the, but I think I think the easiest of this of these challenges would be the blindfolded incinerator drone run for me, just because like by the time you get to there, you already have like a couple of energy tanks, you can tank a lot more hits. Um, the room is pretty small, so you can you know feel your way around and lock on. You know you can. Yeah, I, I feel like that would be easier. Whereas when you're fighting high mecha, you have no energy tanks, and I can confirm, especially on hard mode. Like you, you definitely have to play very conservatively um, with your health. Play very defensively. Um, doing that with one hand. I mean, even with the dual analog controls. I mean, I mean, you're definitely going to be uh, using your claw reflexes. <laughs> I have big hands. I still think even for me, it would be kind of a nuisance. I mean, really, all you need is just you know, you can stand in place and like turn the camera and lock on. Like you can do it. I almost think I did it a little bit at one point when I was playing, just like because I was eating something or taking a drink. Um, but yeah, the incinerator drone, you literally like, you don't even, you, all you have to do is stand back on the edge of the room. And I even think like the top flamethrower doesn't even hit you. It's only the bottom one that does. And yep. then you just have to look at, look up and you'll eventually lock onto the thing. Excuse me. Exactly. So I would definitely take that one blindfolded. Generally, I feel like that just makes sense. Like you got your lock on, you can hear it out. I think that for that boss where it's so small and you really, it's not really anywhere to go. That's what I would do. I would go with the blindfold. But yeah, I agree. We should do that. We should do both of these challenges and see maybe who can get them done first or something. Yeah, we, and we got to do hard mode, obviously. <clears throat> yeah, we got to do hard mode. Um, <clears throat> all right. That's it for our Metroid Prime Remastered Hot Takes, Comments, and Questions. Thank you all, everyone, for for submitting those. And then we have just a few more general Metroid ones, and we'll get through these because we're already past the hour mark. So we'll get through these, one re- these uh, ones relatively quickly. Um Big Griff is back with another one. Big Griff asks another one. Another one. And he asked this one specifically for you, Doom. So I'm not allowed to answer this one, um, <laughs> even though I'm going to. This Zach has been banned from the chat. I've been banned from this question. Um, could a song with lyrics, I'm assuming it means lo- vocals, um, like Live and Learn from Sonic Adventure 2 or, or Brawl, from what I know it from, Though I also know it from Sonic Adventure 2, but I heard it more in Brawl. Um, Live and Learn or uh, Bury the uh, the Light from Devil May Cry 5. Where, would that work in a Metroid game? Would a Metroid game with, with vocals work? Or would you want that? What do you what do you what do you think? I mean, theoretically, sure, a vocal song could work. I mean, we already have um some vocalized synth patches and occasional Metroid, like the uh, the Quadroxis yeah. boss battle. You know, has these Vocaloid synth patches. The credit sequence of Echoes also has these Vocaloid synth patches. But we're not talking having about clear, those, though. We're talking, having, about, having, we're talking about lyrics. Yeah, yeah, lyrics. 
Having clear vocal, I don't see. I, I I could see it. I'd be down for it. I don't see why you. Yeah, may as well experiment with it. Now that being said, do I want a style of song that sounds like Live and Learn or like The Devil? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Ab- no. Absolutely. Yes. I not. want Live and Learn no. in Metroid. That's if we're do... gonna get that. I want Live and Learn. <laughs> I I do not want that style Metroid Prime of song. Um. Okay, okay. Um, I'm pretty. I'm. I'm not surprised by that. I'm a hard no. I do not want lyrics in any of the songs. No, absolutely not. Um, I think it only works for those games because those games are already kind of corny and cheesy. Like you named Sonic and Devil May Cry. Those are two games that have goofy, (laughs) cheesy stuff in it. It makes well. That's what I mean. Like I don't want that kind of like vocal song in a Metroid game. But I do think theoretically. Like it's not something. It's not a personal choice I would make. Going back to that kind of retro hiring me for the Prime Four soundtrack, it's not a personal choice I would make. But I think theoretically, like yeah, there's a way that you could incorporate vocals into Metroid music and still make it sound like Metroid. Still make it sound like it's a part of that universe without making it feel too gamey, for lack of a better word. I get what you're saying because those songs specifically are gamey, cheesy, and corny, but I think once you add lyrics at all, it becomes cheesy and corny. Even if the style and tone of the song is not that. It just, I think, like, I remember when Super Mario uh, Odyssey, remember the song, the ending song from Super Mario Odyssey? Um, It has, like, I'm not. I'm not talking about the main song. Like, yeah, yeah. You're talking you're about talking the about song. the escape. You're talking about the escape song, not the uh, Dude, not the that, New Dog City one. Yeah, not the New Dog City song. That song is fine. I'm okay with that. It makes sense in the game because Pauline's singing it and whatever. That's her thing. Okay, fine. But that end song I thought was so cringe for a Mario game. For a Mario okay, you game, know, I thought it was cringe. same. Everyone I do not loves want that. that. Everyone loves that song. I feel Awful. like the only person that just did not vibe with I it. I thought at that all. was so I'm glad, lame. I'm glad I'm not the only one. And it's made me like not want to replay the game because that's what I know it's building towards is that moment. <laughs> I'm like, this is sucks. I would not I think I don't even if it was like really tastefully done, I still don't think it would be right for Metroid, truthfully. I don't I, I wouldn't want that. And I, I steer away from any like I'm okay with people talking, I'm okay with voice acting, I'm okay with all that. Um, you know what I, you know what I would be down for. Don't you know, we're, song. Well, you know what I would be da- down for, because um, obviously we're kind of going off the assumption that this would be a song sung in English. I would be totally down for like an alien language kind of like you know vocalization. And you know when I say this, I okay. think of like a, okay. I think of well when I say this, I think okay. of like Doom Eternal for example. Now that to be fair, this is a bit different because that song doesn't have like these full lyric sheets of like stuff, but like. There's, um, you know, there's chants that are, yeah. there's a couple of different languages. There's the, um, there's the maker language and there's also the demonic language in that game. Um, and, you know, there's various like chants and stuff in some of the songs like God and took, which is, uh, a which Skyrim translates move or something? Which yeah yeah kind of, yeah kind of like <laughs> unironically shout. yeah like like Skyrim yeah, yeah. but it's, but it translate but it translates to rip and tear which is like uh, you know that's the big line from like the new Doom games and um yeah but yeah but it, like it totally works in that soundtrack it sounds mm-hmm. badass it sounds cool like it tie it, you know it ties the storytelling and the music together and it just makes it feel all in one which. To me, that's what I like about Metroid music is that it ties everything together. You know, it's the glue that like seals the bond between the player and the environment together. And so I think, you know, if we're talking about like, you know, something like that, maybe I think that has a lot of potential. 
Yeah, I now that you put it that way, I'd be down for like maybe a Chozo lyric song. That be that be could be kind of cool. Yeah, I don't. I do not want someone like doing it in English or something, or even another human language. I feel like would be kind of kind of cheesy. But yeah, that that's actually not a bad idea. I'm down for that. Okay, you might have you might have swung me in that in that favor. Um, all right, three more. Unbroken glass, better known as images with Metroid music on Twitter. How's it going? Great uh, account. Shout out. Great account. Yep. Definitely check them out on Twitter. There, There's a ton of Metroid cameos and Easter eggs in non-Metroid games, such as the Kamados and Kid Icarus Uprising, uh, the level in Kirby's Dreamland 3 with Metroids as enemies, or the Samus costume in Bayonetta 1 and 2. Which sort? Which of these sorts of cameos or Easter eggs are your favorite uh doom i will uh i will let you go first what are your what are your favorites cameos or well uh, you know it's funny because i was just talking about doom eternal and uh i'm not gonna spoil it even though it's about a two-year-old game now but for those who haven't played doom eternal Mm -hmm. i don't want to spoil this for y'all but in the necroval part one level there is so so actually let, let let's let's time travel a little bit. So Doom 2016, you know, you play through Doom 2016, and there's a lot of elements in that game that definitely remind me, and I'm not the only one. It's a lot, but it reminded a lot of people of some elements from Metroid Prime, whether it be the helmet UI, whether it be the map. But you know, there is no definitive like, oh, this is obviously a Metroid Easter egg. You know, it's kind of all up to interpretation, really. Well, Doom Eternal has that, but then you go to the Necroval Part One level. And there is a certain mini-boss that I'm not going to spoil mm-hmm. that is so definitively and obviously based off of a uh, an encounter from the Metroid series. I'm again, I'm not gonna spoil it, and it's probably not what it's probably not what you think it is, mm-hmm. but it's based off a certain encounter and everything about it, from the way it looks to the way it attacks you, to the minions that it sends after you, it is so obviously inspired by metroid that's not funny and if you've played that level uh you know exactly what i'm talking about but uh that's all i'm gonna say play doom eternal okay. it's one of the best games ever made unironically i love it to death and if you're uh if you're a metroid fan you're gonna be very pleased when you see that reference okay okay cool cool i mean there's always a a good reason to play some doom eternal so i'm with you there i think for me my my three favorites are so First, um, I believe there is an actual Metroid in uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze in one yep. of the levels. I love that one, which is another great game, Tropical Freeze. There's, there's a couple of Easter eggs in there's that game, couple. actually. There's a couple, obviously, because they're both made by Retro. Makes sense. But I remember specifically there's a level where there's a actual Metroid in the background. I remember that. Um, so that's yeah, it's one, one of the water levels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is also... Um, most recently, I don't know. I don't know if it's an Easter egg or a cameo or whatever that is. I definitely more of an inspired by Metroid, but um, the Arc 3.0 update for Destiny 2, which was like a, a sub uh, elemental subclass update, they added Speed Booster. It's literally called Seed Speed Booster, and it when you have that subclass equipped and you get like Arc charged, you get like a speed boost, and you start you run enough and you start to get that extra bit of speed. And I know for a fact, I'm pretty sure in the blog post for they reference Metroid. Yeah, I was about to say like you posted that in the Discord. I remember, and they, they specifically re- reference the speed booster from they, Super Metroid. They reference a speed booster, and I know well, at least if, I know one person, if not more, but I know specifically one person on the development team is a Metroid fan. Um, and 
makes another third Metroid fan. So I'm sure that was an inspiration. So that I think that's really cool. And then the third one, um, I don't know if it's also in StarCraft 2 um, or just in Heroes of the Storm, but in Heroes of the Storm, if you ever play that game, uh, the medic has a, uh, a Samus uh, color variant, which I always thought was really cool. And it almost got me to play, the other reasons got me to play that game, but that also was really cool. I think there's even a Rocket League Samus skin too for the Switch. Yep. Which is cool. I like that one. So stuff like that. I like I like those 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 uh, Easter eggs and spoilers, or cameos or whatever. Um, <clears throat> all right, two more. Um, Alias X back for another one. Um, how could Metroid and Castlevania work in a crossover? Would it be um, stage based like the classic classic Vanias, or would it be more Metroidvania ish and or more Metroidy? And what characters from each series? Would be in it. Name three. Uh, well, I feel like it would. I, well, I feel like it would have to be Metroidvania based because, like, that's like where the two series like really merge yeah. together. I yeah. I like, agree. yeah, like maybe, like maybe you could have like kind of like a Frigate Orpheon tutorial style level that has the throwback to those early Castlevania titles. But I feel like the main game would have to be in that same Metroidvania style. Or you do a Metroid Prime style game and you get the first person like a whip and like axe throwing action <laughs> and stuff. That would be cool. Um I'd be down for that. Yeah, I think you got to do a classic Metroidvania game. Um as for who would be in it. I'm not I'm not a I'm not a, a Castlevania like major Castlevania guy. So I don't even think I could name I, 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 Richter, Belmont, and Dracula. Those are three characters, right? Those are who I know. That's who I think should be in it. And then Samus. Well, well Richter, Belmont is one. I'm, I'm assuming you were talking I'm about sorry, Simon, Belmont. Simon, Yeah, yeah. Yes. Richter, They're both Belmonts. <laughs> yes. Richter, Belmont, Simon, Belmont, and Dracula. The three characters I know, you got to put them in. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you'd, you'd also have to put Alucard in. Like, people would write. Oh, yeah, I know Alucard. Alucard. I know Alucard. Yeah. Okay, okay. Screw yeah. Dracula. I don't care about Dracula. Al- Alucard. <laughs> um, I know Alucard. And then for Metroid, I mean, I feel like Samus and, and Ridley are, are shoo-ins. Mm-hmm. If not them, uh, well, I mean, if not not if not only them, but like aside from them, hmm. Uh, but but I mean, throw Kraid in there. I think Kraid. I think Kraid would be cool in a Castlevania game. I think you bring. Screw it. Somehow Dark Samus. Throw Dark Samus in a 2D. I was about to say why why not? This is a non-canon game. Like why not? make it. it a great Dark Samus is my favorite villain, so I'm biased, but yeah, put Dark Samus in there. It'd be like it'd be, be awesome. It would be sick. It would be sick if like it was like a Dragon Ball Z kind of thing where like this crossover meant like the three like like three major like Metroid villains all crossed like all show up at the same time. You had like Ridley, Dark Samus, and Mother Rain, or Ridley, Dark Samus, and like um, Ravenbeak or something like that, and they're all involved and stuff. That'd be sick. I, I would be down for that. Ravenbeak, Dark Samus, throw them in there. I oh yeah, I'd be down for that for sure. Yeah, yeah I'm also like you, where I'm definitely more of. I, I feel like I'm I'm have more experience than Castlevania than you, but I'm also like a pretty casual fan. At I, least at I don't the moment, I, I think I've barely I've barely played any Castlevania. I don't think I've beaten a single game. I, I've I've beaten two or three by now, so yeah. But um, yeah, I've beaten Super Castlevania four, and then I've beaten both the original Rondo of Blood and the uh, the remake of that Dracula X for the PSP. Not a big vampire guy. Doesn't really speak like the vampire and gothic stuff. Like, doesn't really do anything for me. So I never really got into. And it. then and then I've also beaten Bloodstain, which is you know basically. Castlevania in everything but name. Hmm. 
There was a was that the game that we did, or I think me and Andy did the inspired by Metroid on. No, uh, no, you haven't. I think. Oh, uh, what what was that? Was like a nah, something kind of gory. Yeah, it was some other game. I would have remembered if you did Bloodstain. You didn't do that one, but yeah, yeah I can't remember the I name remember of that, that game was. off the top of my I head. Think I enjoyed it though. Um, but yeah. I think that'd be cool. I, I would be cool to do like a Metroid Castlevania crossover. It probably never happened, but that'd be dope. Um, <clears throat> and we have one last one. One last, uh, I think it's a question here. So not a hot take. Uh, once again, from Unbroken Glass, images with Metroid music. Uh, in the same way that Axiom Verge pivoted from ranged weapons to melee weapons, would you like to see future Metroid games embrace or experiment with melee combat further? I'd love to see a boss that is shielded against Samus's arm cannon requiring her to get her hands dirty. Yeah, I mean, Metroid's definitely flirted with, with melee combat over time. Obviously, we have the melee counter now. Uh, we have... Um, <clears throat> I mean, Other M has, like, the finishing moves. And in Metroid Prime 3, tech, not really melee, but kind of, you could rip shields off of space pirates, which was cool. Personally, I, I think Metroid should branch out weapon wise in all means range weapons and melee weapons i think i would love a bigger assortment of weapons that we could play with i think metroid prime will probably have a melee like i wouldn't be surprised if you can just straight up like go up to enemies and like whack them with your arm cannon which to be just honest, whack them all yeah i mean honestly i feel like i, I would that's what i would do like i, I want to be able to just go up and melee stuff especially as a titan man in destiny like i just want to go up and punch stuff um yeah, I mean, I'm down for more melee stuff. I think the 2D Metroids are in a really good spot with that. I don't think you really need to... Like, I think Dread really nailed it, I think, in terms of combat and including how melee stuff works. Personally, I would love across both 2D and 3D to bring back the finishing moves as, like, the one thing Other M did, did that was good was those sick finishing moves. Like, I want to... I want to... I want to Hurricane Rana stuff. I want to suplex stuff. I want to DDT stuff. I want to go crazy... I want, I want a Batista bomb some space I pirates. Want, I want a Batista bomb stuff. I want to give an attitude adjustment to a space pirate. Like, that would be sick. I want that. That's probably the as farther I would go with melee, aside from adding a melee attack in Metroid Prime 4. Is I think as far as I would go. I don't think you need to go too crazy with, with, with melee. I don't know if I want Samus having a sword or a sword cannon, like where a sword just comes out of her arm cannon or whatever and just is, like, reaching out. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I think that's about the far, as far as I would go with that, you know? Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. I think shooting should still be like the fundamental core aspect of the combat. But like, mm -hmm. I think as we've seen, there are definitely ways that you can incorporate melee combat yeah. and make it fun and, you know, integrate it into the experience. I think being able to take all those elements and put them together would be really cool and maybe extrapolate them even further, which is basically what you already said. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree. I don't. Th I. I wouldn't want to see it go. Like I wouldn't want to see it pivot to melee weapons for sure. I want it to range. Like I want to shoot stuff. Um, but I would like it to experiment a little bit with you know melee. I think reach that balance that it's kind of had in the two D Metroids. Yeah, there's a place for it. But I don't. I don't want it to be like a major major thing. I don't think it needs to be either. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want Metroid to turn into a two thousand nine Modern Warfare two Commando Pro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to be like running around just only meleeing stuff or only like there's other games for that. Um, all right. Well, according to my 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 OBS here, um, 
Well, I guess we started recording before we really started recording. But we're about at that hour and 20 minute mark. And we have just finished our Metroid mailbag. So first, want to thank everybody who contributed either on Twitter or on our Discord channel. And, of course, contributing to this awesome uh, episode with your, your questions, your comments, and your hot takes. We appreciate that. We have been enjoying Metroid Prime Remastered a ton. And we're looking forward to some more awesome Metroid Dread and Metroid Prime Remastered. And hopefully some new Metroid coming out soon. It's actually crazy that we just had... I mean, technically Metroid Prime's not a new game, but it feels like a new game to me almost. We got a lot of Metroid recently. I mean, we were just... We actually almost had an article go live on the site th- saying, like, we were thinking Metroid Prime Remasters are not going to happen. And then literally, like, two days later, literally, it got announced. So we're living in a good time here. Metroid Prime Remaster has been awesome. Um, and we're going to continue with a little more Metroid Prime next week on the show. We are going to be jumping into a mapping Metroid, I believe, for Chozo Ruins. Yep. Um... We're going to be doing a Chozo Ruins mapping Metroid, so we're going to jump back into the Ruins, jump back into Metroid Prime Remastered, and talk about some Chozo Ruins. That'll be our next mapping Metroid episode. Um, uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be a part of that episode yeah. because I will be uh, out of town during that Sunday for uh, a Static X concert. So, you know, I hope you, uh, I hope you have a lot of fun with that. What I'm actually really excited to hear this episode because this is going to be our first mapping Metroid episode where we reference two versions of the area because obviously we got prime remastered that just came out but we can also compare it to the original chozo ruins as well so i'm very excited to see how that goes yeah i'm looking forward to it always looking forward to a good mapping metroid and then their year continues we've got some other stuff cooking up we we might be doing some live stream stuff stuff soon um of course continually updating omegametroid.com be sure to check out omegametroid.com we got news, Metroid musings. We got guides, walkthroughs. You can find the show. You can find links to our Patreon there. Yeah, we Discord, just, yeah, I want to say we just, um, we just released um, a yes. Metroid Prime walkthrough, which every, pretty much everybody on the staff helped contributed to this. So you know, you know, thank you so much to you know all the people you know who submitted gameplay and videos to this and helped you know with the write ups and stuff like that. You know, this was a huge collaborative effort, and you all did phenomenal. And so, yeah, if, you know, you're playing uh, Metroid Prime for the first time, or maybe it's been a while and, you know, you can't quite remember where, you know, those Ice Shriek bats were. You can't remember where that uh, one missile tank in Research Lab Hydra is, you know, you can always follow our walkthrough. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, definitely take a look. We have walkthroughs for a lot of good Metroid stuff in there. Get your completions done. Be sure to check us out. You can check us out on YouTube. We have our... The, the episode you might be listening to, you can even watch it on YouTube if you would, for whatever reason, want to see us say what we're saying instead of just listening. By all means, join us on YouTube. Of course, you can check out this episode, the show that you're listening to, on all of your favorite podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate the support. Thank you for all for tuning in. Do any, um, any last, uh, any closing words here before I sign off? Get ready for the end of March. That's all I'm going to say. 
Very ominous. Okay, get ready for the end of March. All right, I don't know what that's. I know it's. I mean, I do know it's. Not to be conf- not to be confused with the Ides of March. We're we're not we're not doing any assassination attempts here, folks. Not nothing like that. Well, but, no, we're uh, not. If you're gonna <laughs> blow it up like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. the uh, end end of the March, uh, end of March. We're uh, we're cooking. Okay, good. Ominously, keep that in the back of your heads, everybody. But yes, thank you so much for checking out the show. Check out OmegaMetroid.com. You can check us out on Twitter at OmegaMetroidPod. You can check myself out at DaxCity underscore. You can check out Doom at at Cross. You can check out Andy at at Spatiri316, 613. Yes, 316. Yep. 316. Um, I always want to say 369. Um, nice. Which is what it should be. It should, for real. And join us on Discord. Join us on Twitter. We've been uh, chatting a lot about Metro Prime Remastered, about Dread. Uh, we'd love to have you as part of the conversation. If you weren't part of this conversation, we do these Q&As and these mailbag episodes every once in a while. We've actually done uh, quite a few recently, so we probably won't do another one for quite some time. Um, but we've got a bunch of cool stuff in the pipeline. Check us out on Twitter. Join us on Discord. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you next time on the Omega Metroid Podcast. Have a good one.